0: Hello, hello. What's good, everybody? It's Jeff Black and Street, and we are back at it again with another episode of the Zone Podcast. With me today, we got to the president of the Fancy Club Zone. How are you doing today, sir?
1: Man, I'm doing pretty good right now. <clears> Time <throat> recording, I'm just hungry. I just want some food. <laughs> hey, you know, we're going to go ahead and do this, and we're going to get ourselves a nice little snack to eat and stuff. But yeah. right now, doing pretty good right now, especially on today's topic, I'm long, long, long needed to kind of go ahead and discuss this.
0: I bet. I bet. See, time of recording, we decided to do this like a week in advance because there's so much to this topic that I kind of want to approach this topic with the best of our energy even if my voice doesn't really sound like it right now believe me i am excited <laughs> but for some reason it just sounds like i just got out of bed i'm sorry <laughs> but,
1: good. i'm just getting over being sick so we right there but it's the power but go ahead and ourselves
0: <laughs> right but here's the thing this episode is going to kick off season eight of the zone podcast and we figured that by the time this episode will be out, it will be on a date that would be a very good nod to the hardcore fans of this topic. But without teasing it any further, we decided to talk about an anime that is considered goaded by many fans. An anime known as Full Metal Alchemist. We're going to be mainly focusing on Brotherhood. We are going to talk about the 2003 uh, version lightly, but since Brotherhood was more faithful to the manga run, we just figured we'll just run with Brotherhood. And without further ado, let's go ahead and zone in on it. Now, Full Metal Alchemist, we have the brothers, Edward and Alphonse Elric. They live in Resident with their mother, Trisha and their father, Van Houtenheim, the latter of whom decided to leave without a, any reason at all. And y'all saying shit like, uh, not, honestly, I'm trying not to go there, but it's like, okay, okay, maybe Goku's not the best example, because I still have mixed feelings about what he did. But if you would say He's like Jing from Hunter Hunter. He just dipped. I uh, was like, "Yep, I'm out."
1: <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, he had valid reason. When you once you really understand him and who he is, you yeah, kind of get find out
0: later. But he just feels like that's a dick <clears> move.
1: <throat> 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 Look, I find it very interesting in this aspect that. For very popular for anime around the time, around this time, you know, um, around this time also Hunter Hunter became popular. So it's funny that you mentioned Gome's dad as well. <laughs> Into yeah. This. It's a very common trope in the fact that in order to have, in order to have like these special characters, um, their fathers had to disappear. Mm. <clears throat> Specifically their fathers. <laughs> so, for example, you know, of course, you have Edward and Alphonse. Elric, you have, well, in a Goku, who kind of became a little bit more popularized when people finally started uh, going back into Dragon Ball.
0: My here Academia, nobody talks about him. Yep.
1: Yeah, Deku's father. Actually, so here's the crazy thing about it. This is going to be just a quick mention into this. So they do actually talk about his father in the manga, but in Man, yeah, the anime, he's like completely absent. There's no, no understanding as to why, but the, the, like none whatsoever. The only mention in the anime is when you find out that Deku has no quirk, but then his mom talks about the fact that she has one, and her uh, and his dad has one, his dad can breathe fire. So <laughs> that's it. That's all that you know. Other than that, he's just disappeared. There's really nothing into it, but in the manga, they actually do talk about Deku's dad, and it's, I don't understand. It's not really important to the story, but still, like, what the hell, man? Uh, you
0: know, in that aspect, it's kind of weird when you consider that it's we were talking about Harry Potter for a while and we know that mudbloods are wizards that are born into a muggle family and Deku's kind of like the reverse of that to where his, his parents has quirks, but he doesn't.
1: Yep, he's one of the rare ones because you know, like, everyone at this point in the world of My hair Academia has quirks. So, But yeah, <clears throat> honestly, that same thing is kind of similar to Female Alchemist too. You understand that not everybody can do alchemy and full metal alchemists is a very particular thing into that, too. So that's pretty funny, which is funny because in most cases, everyone can, but not everyone can. It's rare to be a person that can't do it unless right. there are like stipulations that prevent you from doing alchemy, which, of course, we're going to talk about, too. Um, another prime example. Um, we had talked about this before. You scare your mess. You have became more popularized in America as well. Um <clears throat> His dad in the anime, his dad is like non existent. You hear nothing about him. But if you, if you read the manga, he, he does have a dad. His dad does actually visit him very frequently. His dad and his mom just, they broke up, but they still talk and they still kind of get along. His dad still does show up every now and again when he's not working. He does occasionally like give money. Well, he offers to give money to Um Yusuke's mom to be like, "Hey, do you need some money so you can fix up the house, or you know, get him some better, get him some clothes and stuff? Like, I can give you some money to go ahead and do this." But she just refuses. She's like, "No, it's like you're not here, so don't need to take your money either." He's like, "Well, I still show up every now and again." But it's crazy in those cases that it's very apparent for anime specifically that they eliminate the father out of the picture in order for. The child to grow up to be this masterful hero of the world <laughs> it's like when I mean, the world
0: <clears throat> honestly, it's kind of funny to where this is a trend in Japanese culture, but without offending anybody, it is kind of wild how prevalent it is in American society nowadays to where you know you have to eat. Single mother households and all that. But yeah, maybe the father might visit, or maybe the, a stepfather might be in the picture or whatever. Whatever, but it's crazy how calm it's becoming.
1: I mean, honestly, it's common across all across the world. Into so it,
0: yeah, pretty much. But um, saying like, just crazy. Yeah, Still, it is. Like, it's,
1: I mean, it was we've we've had conversations this before, and I honestly, yeah. it does feel like uh, marriage is a very rushed thing. Um, you know, taking the time, honestly, taking the time to kind of get to know your partner is, is looked down upon by a lot of older generations because older generations really rushed into it. And even though it did not work out for them, like the marriages may not work out for them. They was like, well, we had our problems, too. And we stuck together and they're like, OK, but you took pills, had a drinking problem, went to the hospital multiple times. And now you're in therapy because you were post suicidal several times. <laughs> Mm. I'm not trying to get there. You went into a marriage and said, well, this is what marriage is supposed to be, and decided to be like, oh, uh, whatever, I'm just going to deal with it. I am refusing to go through that. I am actually going to look for look into the person. I'm going to understand how they are. They're going to understand how I am. And we're not going to rush into a marriage because we're not
0: rushing into these type of problems.
1: type of thing. So mm. <laughs> well, there's a lot that kind of goes into that.
0: <laughs> but See, that's the discussion.
1: Kind
0: of I know, but without trying to derail too long. It's just kind of funny because that's what I always wanted to be like to where, you know, take my time to get to know the girl that I would like to see myself be married to, uh, whether it's like dating or whatever. Uh, I think it's important to get to know the person because that way when you do marry them then you already know what this person's like and you probably accepted their strengths and flaws and all that so yeah like whatever happened to you know being a friend first but you know people want to rush into these levels of relationship, you know just to have like that companionship or whatever to kind of like give themselves value I guess but I don't know I don't know Maybe that's just leave that alone for another day. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is, but so full yes.
1: <laughs> but back into this one, um, yes. Yeah, so El, Edward and Elric's father just up and left, and <laughs> just left them there with their mom, and unfortunately, <clears throat> their mom wound up passing away. These. Two brothers sat here and like they they found their father's research and decided, hey, we can use alchemy and bring mom back to life. We can do this. And for some bizarre reason, this one moment where the village that they were staying at in a sense, it was kind of a village. It was a town, but, you know, it was kind of more like a village. But The place that they stayed at, uh, the people at that moment stopped looking at them <laughs> long enough. For both these brothers to have fully researched how to do a human transmutation. And unfortunately, they made the failed efforts in bringing their mother back to life. She wound up coming back as this grotesque, almost inhuman, incomplete monster. And the boys, unfortunately, also. It It was very horrid. (laughs) Honestly, yeah. So, like, do Brotherhood imagery, like, like you said, Brotherhood sticks close to the manga. And manga, like, the the imagery in manga is is grotesque. Like, it is horrible. In 2003 version, it's pretty bad, but it's not as bad as you see it in Brotherhood. Like, that one is grotesque, man. That thing looks disgusting. And you're like, oh my God, (laughs) what am I looking at?
0: No, 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 Hold on, back, back, that shit up. Okay, just imagine that little girl from that uh, ring movie, but more zombified, and yeah. it's like, like a, ribs sticking out, and like it's not like she's walking like on all fours. Normally, it's like she's walking on all fours on her back, like you know, with a uh, stomach up um back to the floor and you know that kind of weird uh horror film kind of pose and be trying to reach out to his children i was like hell no that is mentally and those kids gonna need therapy
1: (laughs) well the problem also comes into what happens when you do alchemy alchemy was so this series is very famous for making the phrase and and honestly the lifestyle that a lot of people live by um equivalent exchange. <clears throat> all things come with an equal um everything that you get comes with some type of equal opposite um cost. In order to do something, you have to give something as well. So in order doing a human transmutation, they may have satisfied all of the matter that was needed in order to bring back the mother, their mother's body. However, they did not satisfy what was needed in order to bring back their mother's soul. So in order to try and create a soul for their supposed zombie mother, it cost them. It cost Alphonse his entire body, his entire spirit, his entire being, and one of the legs of the elder brother, Edward El- Elric. <clears throat> so, <laughs> Edward winds up being the only one that actually gets a chance to really see the full grotesque of the monster because when he looks, <laughs> looks and notices that his brother Alphonse is gone and, is di- and the rest of his body is just disappearing. <laughs> He's like, no, what happened? What's going on? <laughs> Because also that they wound up doing a human transmutation, Edward winds up getting a chance to see the truth. And I like how in in Full Metal Alchemist we have the truth as an actual being. (laughs) Like it's not so much like, oh, the truth is just a concept. Like, oh, you know, there's lies and there's truth or something like that. This is an actual being that should you perform this ultimate disgrace in a sense of alchemy or this ultimate power of alchemy because technically it's not necessarily bad alchemy is neither good nor bad it's just the law of equivalent exchange so you, you have this actual being that is the embodiment in a sense of truth itself and he has um alphonse's spirit in his body right there with him and he's looking at Edward, and Edward's, and Edward's like, what happened? Where's my brother? He said, well, you didn't satisfy what was needed to bring back your mother's soul. So we had to give you one. And so to create a soul, it costs quite a bit. And because you're kids, it will cost you all of Alphonse and all of and your your leg. <laughs> so Edward's like, no, you can't have my brother. And he's like, well, you're going to have to. Give me something in exchange for your brother back. Unfortunately, of course, still uh, Edward doesn't have everything needed to perform an equivalent exchange in order to get back all of Alphonse. However, at the cost of his arm, he can get back Alphonse's spirit for his soul. But his soul needs to be in something. So Edward frantically looks around. And he finds an old suit of armor. And in the suit of armor, he creates a small transmutation circle with his blood. And he bond, he binds Alphonse's body to the suit. So that way, Alphonse can still, in a sense, come back to life. And that is the stark origin story of the Elric Brothers. Two brothers who performed the forbidden alchemy and it wound up costing them everything in a sense.
0: Indeed. The ultimate taboo, they call it. Yes. And soon after, that's when they were invited by Roy Mustaine to become a state alchemist to research a way to restore their body. And before they can even do that, and while like it was funny that. Edward, he seemed very like depressing. He looked down bad ever since then, but after Mustang was talking to him, uh he leaves and waits for uh Edward and Alphonse to train up to become State alchemists. And we would have thought that, okay, he's still looking a little depressed, but yet this long last shot in episode two of full-mode alchemist, you see that no, 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 there's fire in his eyes because now, Edward seeks the truth, he's want. he really wants to get their um, bodies back so, he's now motivated to become a state alchemist and figure out how to do so, and that's what I was kind of mentioning in a previous episode of the Zone Podcast where, like how we talked about Sometimes people need revenge as a motive to kick the story off. Um, This is one of those moments where it really kicked off the story to where now that Edward and Alphonse is in a predicament that they got themselves into and there's a way to reverse it all, now this is where the story really takes off. And before, of course, all that, Edward had to go under painful medical procedure, which grants him these prosthetic automail limbs for his arm and his leg. Uh, Edward then becomes a the state alchemist with the title Full Metal Alchemist, which is funny because you know you're thinking with the automail uh, limb, it's like okay, I get it, but then you they have his brother
1: all the time. <laughs> yeah, all the time. His Full Metal Alchemist. Every, every time they go somewhere, I'm I'm the Full Metal Alchemist, and they look and they're like. Oh, he's the full metal alchemist And they're like, no I'm the full metal alchemist oh, But you only this have
0: one <laughs> This shorty right here I was like, oh no so sweet. <laughs> And he gets so mad
1: like. <laughs> It's always just Extremely funny To that aspect But
0: now, the Elrics spend the next three years searching for this mythical philosopher's stone to achieve their goals. And I'll stop right there uh, with a few things. Now, Full mental alchemists, it makes us question the value of leaning only on science and not practicing a code of moral fiber. Not to necessarily say that with science, it's like, yeah. Science uh, kind of at help advance society, but I don't think it should be the only objective approach to advance society because it gets to a point to where if you keep like what some of these alchemists has done in this um series to where they kind of equate their actions to like, like scientific, uh, no, no, not scientific, uh, social. Uh, Darwinism—you know, like survival of the fittest—and how the value of a human being, like they—they they make it sound like, oh, um, their belief in science justifies their actions, just like how some folks who have who have a um, very strong uh, belief in, uh, deities, they justify their actions, uh, based off their belief in their God. And I would say without trying to jump too far into it, Scar is the perfect example of both to where science killed, uh, the itch um, because they made these alchemists, basically the scientists like weapons and dogs of the um, government, and Scar, he tried to justify his belief in his God to avenge his fallen comrades with the very science that killed them, and it was like, and eventually you know that he realized that uh, no matter what he was doing, it doesn't justify murder, nothing really justified murder, but you kind of see how with science, it's it gets kind of dangerous just to lean on, just to treat uh, human beings and all. You know what I'm trying to get at?
1: It's supposed to be so, in the sense of
0: violence. So what I'm really trying to say is, is it dangerous to put scientific knowledge over all else? And does the ends of scientific discovery and seeking truth justify the means?
1: Let's put it this way. We can, I can actually answer that question with Rick and Morty.
2: <clears throat> hmm. Okay, and, okay.
1: And this is what I mean into that. Okay, so Rick at this moment believes absolute nothing. In his whole mindset, he is his own God because of the fact that he has, in a sense, absolute science. No matter what it is, he can explain everything through absolute science. And the only thing that throws him off when he doesn't understand is, in particular, specific people's emotions and their take on things. Because he has so much of a scientifical approach to things. His way of fun has to be scientifically fun. And whenever he winds up having moments where he abandons science, because he does have moments that he does that. Like, for example, um, yeah, what, what, dang, what's her name? But the, the planetary takeover thing, um, in, in, re- yes. Unity. Unity. So like that specifically, whenever Unity gets involved, he abandons all science. Unity, uh-huh. in a sense, is a complete, hive mind, when you really think about hive mind, hive mind itself is more like a religious type of situation. Uh-huh. So he completely abandons science when it comes to, when unity becomes a mall, because he loves her and he can't scientifically explain that. It's one of those things that he's like, okay, you scientifically, you're like one of the best things ever, but then even okay. outside of scientifically, I still love you. Uh-huh.
0: Science fell in love, so he had to prove it. <laughs>
1: uh, we're gonna talk about that. I love that. That anime is dope as hell. I love that fucking anime. It's amazing. But yes, <laughs> yes, dude, for real. Uh, we we gonna talk about the anime one time we we're supposed to talk about it for Valentine's Day earlier this year. We didn't get the chance to. But hey,
0: that's all know, next year that's around the corner.
1: Exactly. We we gonna talk. We gonna get a chance to talk onto that one, y'all. I love the anime, but. <clears throat> Main thing is understanding is that it, when it comes down to fully embracing science, the, the reason that religion, that, that philosophers or even scientists can even say the reason religion even exists is because as human beings, we have to have something to believe in whenever things go wrong or whenever things go right. <laughs> if it's not something to, there's not something to believe in, nothing matters as much in a sense. Like we become too lost. We have to have something to put an absolute blame on. That's why with every religion, you have an absolute deity, regardless if it's one deity or not, or multiple. There's one absolute deity, and then there's one absolute negative person or negative deity in a sense that you wind up blaming everything bad on. You blame everything good onto this deity, everything bad onto this deity. Because if you can't put that blame on someone else, you have to accept the blame to yourself. And we as human beings struggle with that. We can't accept all blame to ourselves. Scientists are able to accept all blame to themselves. And it rightly destroys them. And that's where things still become problematic. We see that happen all the time. So uh, with alchemy, it's kind of the same thing. Alchemy is nothing but pure. Realistically, because alchemy in real life is just chemical science, Mm -hmm. like chemistry. Like what? That literally, the study of chemistry uh, in its total form is just alchemy. That's literally what it is. Modern medicine is alchemy, just in all honesty. Um, literally, you I'll
0: could still never forget. I'm sorry for interrupting, but I will still never forget that um, while we're at it, might as well do a shameless plug. Uh, I was talking to a mutual friend of ours and she was telling me how Yeah, essentially, uh, isn't 3D printing like alchemy in a sense? It is. is.
1: (laughs) It's manipulation of matter. That's exactly what it is. As an artist, I, I perform alchemy all the time. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Just so, really... yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, check out the Discord server, uh, Zealot of Nerd Entertainment. We will leave a link in the description of this episode to where you can see some of our artwork uh, as we get some things going. We got watch parties, raffles, art contests, spicy content, tournaments, and loot boxes for those who join and uh, subscribe to our premium service, because those proceeds will go towards getting the materials that we need to make this stuff because, you know, law of equivalent exchange, supply and demand and all that other shit, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And (laughs) pretty much the funds could help to make the zone way better than it is now. So please help out if you can.
1: Uh, but yeah, So look. But look, I want to get. Let's go ahead. While we in this pause moment, first thing I just want to mention as well too, because it's important as we continue on with the story. Um, it has already becomes very apparent for Alphonse and and um, Edward. I'm just gonna say Ed and Al. I'm just gonna say just go ahead and short Ed and Al. So, these two people <clears throat> are one of the few people in the world that are able to perform alchemy without a transmutation circle, and that's important. Because both of them have come in contact with the truth that you know fit, mm-hmm. that, that physical embodiments of mm-hmm. absolute truth, and knowledge based upon alchemy and stuff.
0: <clears throat> Everyone uh, else needs to tr- What's up? Before you continue, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, just real quick, it's really funny how they had to commit the ultimate taboo to be that far advanced in
1: alchemy. You have to. You have to. That's the thing. So, I mean, because uh, we're not really jumping around to the story, but we'll mention it later on. Their teacher, you know, she is also able to perform alchemy without using a transmutation circle because she also has performed the ultimate taboo to see the true. And literally, there's nobody else in the entire series that there's nobody in the entire series. Period who can perform alchemy without a transmutation circle unless they have come in contact with the truth. And that comes even more so, too, when we get into our uh, our seven deadly sin characters as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the our seven priori- homunculi, I like to call them.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're the homunculi, yeah. But I mean, I just call them but, you know, seven deadly sin yeah. still. But it- <laughs> either way, it's still that same aspect. Like, they are... But because of what they are specifically, that's the reason why it is that they're able to, um, you know, become who they are and be able to still perform various forms of alchemy without transportation circles because they have come in contact with the truth itself. And it's only by being in full contact with the truth, having seen it, having not necessarily touched it, because if you touch it, you're dying. Um, so that's one of the other things about it too. Imagine that. If you touch the truth, you lose your existence. By not knowing the truth, you still maintain your existence. That's a very main key point into the Full Note Alchemist series that they actually do tone into.
0: Yeah, that is kind of funny because it's essentially saying, uh, don't get too close to the truth.
1: Exactly. That that is exactly what it is. Because even in life, that's the biggest thing about it. Right now, let's put it this way. We we know of the dark web. We don't participate that much in the dark web on purpose.
0: So we know it exists.
1: Exactly. We, we know it exists and we know of, so of I know of the stuff that's in it because I know of what's in the dark web is the reason that I choose not to participate in the dark web. I know what is, you know, I know what it is to get lost in that. Don't want
0: to I'm sorry. I have to do this, but this is constantly reminding me of how I cannot wait. To pick up a copy of Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Legacy Collection, blah blah blah. (laughs)
1: The dark web, of course, (laughs) mention that definitely. So yeah, so when when you know of the truth, you can become very lost. It that's one of the reasons why the scariest thing about it is being part of the gang and realizing what that truth really entails. Being outside of the gang, you you look at them on the outside and be like, oh, you just do this, you just do that. But then people who are actually in it, unfortunately, get to see things and do things that they would never have known about outside of it. And it's one of those cases of, oh, my God, there's a lot more to it. Think about this aspect, too, in the military, which we're going to talk about military is very important, you know, especially with scar. And his whole ordeal has to, a lot to do with the military and the violent revolution. So the whole war in itself, you when people leave the military, many people wind up having to take a vow of secrecy. What has happened in the military stays in the military. That's it. You cannot talk about it outside of the military. There are some things you could talk about, but there's some things you can't. Because if you do... It will be the end of you and your family. Because if you now swear the secrecy to not protect just yourself but your family as well, is reason they're trying to keep stuff that people try to keep stuff secret. And that's true for, you know, an honesty police. It's true for the military. It's true for gangs. It's true for all of these different things. Any group or organization, there's always some form of secret that again is a secret has to be kept for a reason. The Birth more you dive into the truth. We not
0: talk about Fight Club. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> so th- <there's> exactly. <laughs> so, with that aspect, there is just this whole you need to be mindful. The more you dive into the truth, the worse things will become. So, okay. it's, very, it's a very important thing to talk about onto that. Um, now, we're not going to go through every little aspect of the story <laughs> because it's a lot to kind of go into. But in just really kind of generalization of different things. We got so Edward and Alphonse, well Ed and Al, sorry, just they they go through in a sense various different adventures because they're tasked with various different things. Um, they have to go visit certain areas as a state as their state alchemist in order to ensure that things are going the way it's supposed to go. You know, everyone has their normal lives that they're trying to go about. Alchemy can help out some people. But again, like I mentioned before, not everyone does alchemy. And of course, unless there are certain stipulations that come into play here, there are still some people who are not able to do alchemy whatsoever. They could draw a transmutation circle, get all the ingredients, and they still would not be able to do it. It's just what it is. So as a state alchemist, they're supposed to still try to help the common people. However, they also do understand that they have a lot of limitations. Ed and Al are still like teenagers. Even though they're extremely strong, they're teenagers in the adult world. So they're going about doing all these different things, but they realize they can't help everybody. There's some people that they have to say no to. And there's some people who are going to die that they can't do anything about it. And it winds up they, they, with all these adventures, it, it breaks them down, but it lets them understand more about what the truth of humanity actually is. <laughs> so we want up getting a chance to die further into a little bit more into the story itself and understanding what's going on really between Ed, Al, and with their family and how their family kind of ties into things. So as we're going going further into it, we get a chance to introduce to a little bit more of our military unit. Of course, we wound up meeting Fuhrer King Brad. And uh, that's very interesting character to go into (laughs) as well.
0: uh cookie guys, let me stop you right there because you're reminding me of some notes that I've been meaning to fire off. Uh first of all, shout out to Wisecrack on YouTube because after seeing his review, he did bring up a detail that I found a little Well, I'm not surprised, but at the same time, it helped me notice on some details that I was like, mmm, this looks very bad. Uh anyways, the fact that we call him Fuhrer, King Bradley. Yes. And the fact that the uniforms of the Sig alchemist is reminiscent to a certain time, like, let's say, World War II Germany, I want to say, and the fact that they even had a scene where you see men with blonde hair and blue eyes marching towards Ishbal, and you see the whole Ishbalan conflict, you're thinking, okay, this looks oddly familiar in um, real life uh, history, but I kind of don't want to go too far into that. But also, it's funny how, like, pretty much like, uh, religious folks using the word crusade, uh, essentially the state alchemist is being used as weapons for this crusade for uh pure king bradley and ultimately father but also there's like when you were talking about okay uh the state alchemist gotta run around and uh check things out it's like a new way of saying it like what do they call it again peacekeeping that's what they call it peacekeeping so they have to run around and keep the peace in a sense trying to keep things under control and all that shit. I mean, so sitting that's what's interesting. You're sitting here about trying this to make
1: this, while you're sitting here trying to make this reference, Adolf Hitler is a character in this show. He's a very brief <laughs> character, but he is a character in this show. It's just going <laughs> I wasn't trying to
0: go there, but there it is.
1: Adolf Hitler and Alphonse Heydrich. Yes, yeah, like two main people widely known World War Two are in this show. It's just what it is, bro. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah <laughs> it's, it's just it's, it's there it is there without question um, so come on think about it in this aspect too when you really think about how this world really works out it almost feels like this is also a world where that the acts of powers had won because think about it in this aspect too aside from Fuhrer King Bradley of course like we just mentioned do we have the chains <laughs> Um, the Qing emperor is is like one of the biggest main powers in this world as well, too. You, literally, you have a bunch of German references that where it seems like the Germans have clearly won. And then you also have the biggest Chinese have won and all of it referencing back to World War Two. This whole story is almost in a sense based upon. If science and alchemy wind up helping the Axis powers win the war,
0: uh, what was that? What do they call? Um, hold on, uh, May Chang. Uh, what do they call that ability? Uh, alchemy?
1: Yes. mhm Where, but just still pretty much alchemy itself. But the use to actually, you know what I, I do because I want to go ahead and talk about this really quick. So. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm gonna I'm rant a little bit, but it's it's very important. Okay, so this is an article written by the University of Bristol School of Chemistry. Okay, and this is the or, a brief brief history of alchemy in itself, and there's a reason that this is so important. Okay, <clears throat> alchemy originally was born in Egypt. The word "chem." was a reference used to the fertility of the flood plains around the Nile River. Egyptians mm-hmm. had this strong belief of life after death, and the mummification process that they had, that they did, was on purpose because of their, their main goal of trying to get immortality. So later on, Alexander the Great wound up conquering Egypt. Alexander the Great is Greek, OK? So Greek philosophers around this time became very interested and what egyptians were doing because of their belief in the element the four elements of nature and this is how far back the four elements go to so avatar fans listening um, fire earth air and water were the main elements that was heavily believed back in egyptian culture way before 332 bc so uh-huh. we're talking okay. like not even a.d like ancient ancient history is how long we've had this belief of the four main primary elements. Plasma is only more recently discovered, not even, like I think not even 100 years ago. So yeah. it's always been these four elements, okay? Um, with the result, because of Greeks being so interested in Egyptian sacred science is what it was called at the time is where they came up with the term kimia. It was the Greek word for Egypt. So whenever you mention kimia, It was talking about the sciences that Egyptians had did in the mixing of elixirs and potions. So Egypt later got occupied by the Arabs in the 7th century, and they added the word al to the word kimia. So the term alchemia means black land, which is right now still believed to be a possible origin for the word alchemy. So the original word alchemia, meaning the black land, meaning Egypt's sacred science. So, the Greek word kumos also usually means fluid. It's an alternate origin of the word alchemy as well. It's usually kind of believed also. However, a bunch of this origin story has been destroyed by Christians. When Christians burned the great library of Alexandria um, during the Crusades in 391 AD, um, unfortunately, that has eliminated a lot of the history of alchemy. So it's just the reason why we can have like stories of alchemy that are kind of incomplete because we don't know everything. We only know what texts have not been burned, and unfortunately, what texts have not been, have been like not been rewritten because that's also a thing that happened a lot during the Crusades as well too. They rewrote uh, they rewrote a lot of texts because it wasn't it wasn't close enough to Christian belief, so they rewrote it to to fit Christian belief, and that's also why alchemy seems so. Neg- Have been seen so negative for so many years, all the way up until the point of like the bubonic plague becoming so bad because we refused to use medical science to help us out because we believed it to be evil, because we believed alchemy to be
0: hey, evil. Hey, I'm sorry. <clears throat> yes. uh, this instantly reminded me of Castlevania. You remember when uh, Dracula's wife was uh, you know, a doctor woman and she was using alchemy or whatever, and they were like, witchcraft,
1: burn up! That's exactly what it was. Yes. Alchemy was believed to be evil. And that's the reason why she said, you fools, you don't understand. This is an ancient, this is ancient technology that we've had a long time that we destroyed. That's the reason why there's still that belief with the whole Egyptians, um, like the pyramids. When you look at the pyramids and how perfectly they are, but you see these pyramids are not just in Egypt. You see these pyramids are in ancient Latin culture and ancient Chinese culture. Experiments have been around for a very long time. We have had the sciences. We knew how to do things as human beings. But going back to what we talked about earlier, remember I said what happens if you put everything and all in science, you need something to believe in. Now let's go back to that same discussion and say what happens when you put everything into your beliefs that you eliminate science. We eliminate our history. Is what wound up happening. So we've had moments in humanity where we put everything in science and we've ab- and we wound up abandoning beliefs and it winds up destroying us mentally but then we wound up putting everything into beliefs and abandon science and we destroyed our history and that's the reason why we're there's so many different things like diseases that we have now have been around for a very long time we've been able to be able to treat them but they're only becoming so much more of a problem now because we destroyed the sciences that we had in order to try to help them out we didn't know how we don't know how to fight this right now but we did before our ancient ancient ancestors way back in bc periods or bce you know for some major scientific people listening as well We had the sciences to fight these illnesses. We were able to do so, but we destroyed that because we let religion destroy everything. It's unfortunate a thing that happened. Now, let's talk about China as well. So alchemy around the time where Alexander the Great had, uh, had wound up taking over Egypt, alchemy wound up becoming a thing also in China by Taoist monks. But alchemy in China was different than in Egypt. So alchemy in Egypt were very similar in the fact that they still believe in the point of trying to, you know, achieve immortality, which of course is still the biggest thing that kind of goes into what was going on in the Full Metal Alchemists as well too. But these monks, uh, the Taoist monks, had a different belief. They pursued a, what was believed to be an outer elixir, an inner elixir. And that is what led to Qigong. Which is still, which was majorly used in Full Metal Alchemist by the Qing, by the Qing disease as well. You see Mr. Han use it. You see Fu, um, Ling Yao, Mei Chang. You see them use it all the time. Specifically, Qigong is an actual um, form. It's a martial arts form, but it's a martial arts and health form as well. It's believed in eating right and exercising will help your body live longer. How familiar does that sound?
2: <laughs>
1: right. It sounds extremely familiar, right? Matter of fact, let's take it a little bit further. Okay, we're gonna go back for Ishvalans. The Ishvalan, if you don't, if for people who don't really under probably not really taking too much of a look into it, when you look into Ishvalan culture in this in the series, in the manga, and in the anime, because they do kind of dive into it. Ishvalan culture is actually derived off of Indian culture. The people of India also believed in alchemy as well, but theirs was very different. They developed their alchemy very independent than China and Egypt. So their belief was very similar to the Chinese, where they believed in external and internal methods of purifying the body to help prolong life. One of the things that wound up leading into various different forms of what, what is the, um, thing that a lot of people are into now where it's about, involving like stretching and holding certain poses, like, you know, dog style and, um, crank. I forgot what it's called. <clears throat> it's lifting my mind. Um, yoga, yoga. There we go. So, yoga, believe it or not. Is actually derived from alchemy. <laughs> the belief in eating well and exercising is bel- to prolong your life, which is still a proven method. Is derived from alchemy, but because religion believed it to be all evil, they eliminated it all, and life and life expectancy, you know. and expectancy declined. <laughs>
0: I hate to throw shade, but it's funny how there's this trend on TikTok, how some would argue that, you know, exercising and eating right doesn't exactly extend your health or anything like that. So it's almost like, oh, well, if you're, uh, exercising and trying to, uh, eat less food to, you know, because you want to stay in shape and all that shit. Uh, apparently, it's called being fatphobic
1: now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not for everybody. Look, I mean, it's up to you if you decide to do it. Not everybody is able to. But again, this is a this is our history on alchemy itself. Okay, like when we still when I told you before, I was working on that blog, and like this is this is part of my research on the blog. There was a lot of a lot that went into alchemy. Um, especially when you, re- once I really researched this, it made me look at fullmetal Alchemist even deeper. Like the lore and stuff is there. You, you see the world building. But what I wound up appreciating is that the world building from Full Metal Alchemist was based on real life. It was based on us. <clears throat> it was based on what we did as human beings. And it did a great job. A fantastic job putting that into the story. And that's one of the reasons why it's one of the GOAT anime ever. <laughs> At least to me again. Um matter of fact, crazy
0: when thing about it. What's that? I was saying like when art imitates life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Matter of
1: fact, you want to look up something crazy too? How about believe it or not? It was the Indians who discovered that the fact that flames burn in different colors and different colors means different strengths. Oh, that's alchemy also, in case y'all didn't know. Y'all thought it was just chemistry. It's alchemy. <laughs> Matter of <laughs> fact, let's be honest. Chemistry is the modern term for alchemy too. It's still the same. chem. Kimia is still Egyptian science. That's that's literally what it is. Kimia, ch- chemistry. There's a reason it's the same. It sounds the same. But yeah, um,
0: <laughs> for a moment and say, see, this is exactly why. We're calling ourselves the Zelt of nerd entertainment. entertainment. We're not just geeks, just talking about anime and um, comic book characters and all that shit. No, you're going to learn something from us.
1: Yes. So this is how it works out. Also, this, alchemy is one of the reasons why it is. And th- this is where economics is going to come into play, people. It was alchemy that made gold and silver popular because gold and silver burn very differently and their burn colors is very different. So understand this, gold is one of the most imperfect metals out there, but because of how it is, is why it's so popular. Because it's a literal, gold is a mix. There's no pure gold. Gold is a mix of a bunch of different metals that kind of, in a sense, fuse together. When you burn Mm -hmm. gold, it burns in a rainbow of colors. (laughs)
0: This reminds me of another <laughs> substance that's very popular, but in reality, it doesn't really mean much. What. what was it again? <clears throat> Diamond industry. Um.
1: <laughs> this is true. This is very true. Also, alchemy as well, too. This, if, you, if you're studying heat pressure, you know, hey, if you didn't know this, cooking is alchemy. For those of you who don't know. Cooking is alchemy. The use of putting certain herbs together to get different flavors. Hey, this tastes different. When I mix this salt and this pepper and this together too, I'm going to scare y'all. If y'all had a major disbelief that like, oh, all alchemy is evil, you're going to have to stop cooking. Stop cooking. Right if, okay. you're chef, if you're a chef, throw your license away. Throw, it, throw right your okay. degree away.
0: Fair warning, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Food Wars review is coming up.
1: Exactly. We're going to keep talking about alchemy stuff, Ha! Huh. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but cooking, so c- congratulations, like Italians, especially, and, uh, you know, French people and American cuisines, all these different cuisines that we love. It's all alchemy. All of it. Now, we're going to talk about this philosopher's stone because we're we running quite in time now. We're going to talk about this philosopher's stone. So let's talk about this real quick in our real life, and then we're going to jump back into the anime real quick. Because it's not much different. Um, So the most one-popular idea, lower metals could be transmuted into gold by means of a substance known as the philosopher's stone. So this stone winds up being the ultimate form of alchemy. This is a real-life, in a sense, stone that is believed to where if you use this particular substance, This stone doesn't necessarily can come in solid. What what makes it so special is the fact that this philosopher's stone can come in every single substance. It is literally can come in fire. It can be liquid. It can be gas. It can be air, which is gas, in a sense. It can be all those different things. And because of the fact it can be solid, liquid, and gas, it was truly believed to be able to embody all four major elements, fire, earth, water, and air as well so
0: this stone is a liquid version of it they call it the elixir of life
1: exactly that right there specifically in fact the chinese called it the pill of immortality which again also was said in the anime so again i love that this it was referenced to real things man um but yes it was believed that this stone could also give you immortality as well so Europe, alchemy wound up leading to various different discoveries of uh, amalgams and the advancements of many other chemical processes which we learn now. So literally, this is the reason why we have chemistry and again, why it is that when we kind of look into it, our belief in spirituality, me- medical, physical um, things, as well as also our body is, is still alchemy. Um, we're still, in a sense, continuing to search for immortality. And transmutation of base metals into gold. We still want to be able to turn stuff to gold because we still believe that gold is a extremely priceless and precious metal. So <clears throat> literally everything that science is still doing now, the reason we have medicine, like, let's be honest here. Uh, we play I play I'm fa- friends of the fantasy club clubs, and You know I'm gonna talk about this is a lot. Potions. We have real life potions, people. You can go to the store and buy it. It's called Dayquil. It's called Nyquil.
0: No, called... <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no! Hold on, I feel like okay. That's fair, but at the same time, I felt tricked on uh, the way you set that up because I got real interested. Like, oh shit, you got me these potions that you see on yes. your partner. Oh, shit, no, think talk it, to me, can, bro. Talk to me, can, and then you talk about oh Nyquil. Awesome. Oh, you talking hey, a bitch?
1: Think about it this way. What does potions, do? what do potions and elixirs do? <laughs> if you play any type of game, what does elixirs do? Hey, it cures all ailments. Oh my gosh. Huh. I don't want to be feeling like I'm sneezing up a whole bunch of mucus. Oh man. Wait, I can go buy mucinex. Hey, congratulations. You bought an elixir. Think of, you're gonna be doing this every time now. Every time you go to the store, you're gonna be like, what elixir do I want today? <laughs> Am I gonna have the elixir that cures poison the, the elixir that cures mucus? Have elix- Think about you playing a video game. When you play video games, oh, I need elixir. I'm I'm burning a lot. I have a major burning sensation. And, oh my god, wait, that exists in real life. Hey, I have a major burning sensation. I need to buy something that I can drink that automatically makes it to where I'm not feeling burning anymore. yes modern medicine is alchemy go buy your go buy your elixirs (laughs) it's flu season go buy your elixirs
0: Just imagine running up to people with um, prosthetic limbs and be like oh so you got auto mail exactly (laughs) (laughs)
1: is it not is it not auto mail it's the same thing.
0: pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> but the difference so, is it's like less obvious because it's supposed to look skin like like closer to uh, human limbs. But And Fulman Alchemist, they just don't give a shit. It's like, hey, just give me a better arm. <laughs> they're like Finn from Adventure Time. Like, bro, I don't give a care. Just give me a robot arm.
1: Exactly. That's what we want. <laughs> My son's got a cast right now. He walked to me today and said, Daddy, I got a robot arm. <laughs> I said, That's right. <laughs> Like Bucky Barnes or Cable or Bishop, <laughs> I just started naming off Marvel characters.
0: One episode, Teen Titans go to where he kept losing his limbs, and he was trying yes. to impress people with that robot limb. Especially Raven, she was like, whoa I was like, what was that raven
1: <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, just all that stuff, right? <laughs> so, cyborg, you know. Like, congratulations, yeah. man! You're you're every single DC Marvel superhero that you wanted to be. <laughs> But yes, <clears throat> so going back for the Philosopher's Stone, there is a slight difference from the real-life Philosopher's Stone to the Philosopher's Stone in Philanella Alchemist, but it di- but it's pretty much derived from the same thing. So as, Edward and Al, as Ed and Al wind up venturing through, they find out that in order for them to reverse the process that they have gone through and bring Al's body back and can possibly bring back its arm and leg again, they need the Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> Now, the brothers did research on the Philosopher's Stone because their dad still had texts about it, but it was incomplete. But it was incomplete on purpose. See, when Van Hohenheim left, he purposely took all of his research with the Philosopher's Stone away with him as well. He didn't want anyone finding out about it because, believe it or not, as we also can get a chance to discuss, because we're getting into this point anyway, Van Hohenheim is credited, at least, to making the very first Philosopher's Stone. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to go ahead and dive into this story, because this story is going to pertain back to our normal life history as well. This is really brief. Van Hohenheim was an Egyptian alchemist way back in B.C. times. (laughs) So, again, back into modern history and so he was a, he was an um, an Egyptian alchemist he also he was looking through various different substances that he was finding in the Nile River. But ended up happening is, is that he managed to properly make a philosopher's stone during this time in Egypt as well it was during the pharaoh's reign, and the pharaohs, were very common, believed of course, to still like their slaves, they would kill them. But what Hohenheim would do is that he would take these slaves' bodies and their blood and he would infuse them into his research. They were already dead anyway, their bodies were just going to decompose, so instead of letting them pollute the Nile River, he was experimenting on their bodies. (laughs) After his, I guess, his thousandth person that he experimented on, in a sense, (laughs) he wound up actually creating the Philosopher's Stone. And the Philosopher's Stone, he infused his own living blood into it. So at first he kept infusing all these dead people, but then he infused his own living blood into it. By infusing it into it, he want, the Philosopher's Stone came to life, and he wound up referring to it as a dwarf of the flask. For those of you guys who have already seen this anime or read this manga... Your understanding for those of you who have not, and you, but you're still here, you're listening. I'm about to give you an origin story for one of the most badass villains in anime history. So, <laughs> the dwarf in the flask, you know, winds up being a pet in a sense to Van Hornheim, but Van Hornheim still kept experimenting with it. He's still trying to figure out how it is that he, in a sense, created life. He's the very first Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein. Not the <laughs> <laughs> he is, like, literally. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, in a sense, some, some, pretty much, like I said, I'm going to do this real quick, but the flash breaks. The dwarf comes out. The dwarf winds up taking the form of Van Hohenheim himself. And they wind up having a fight with which the dwarf, Van Hohenheim, winds up. In a sense, cursing Van Hornheim to have immortality. Realizing that he can't beat this thing, he decides to run away. This, this uh, now going to be called a Humunculus, this dwarf is just go ahead and call him the Humunculus. The first Humunculus is Father. <laughs> so Father goes about trying to just pretty much live his life because he is now an immortal creature with almost damn near absolute power. Whereas Van Hornheim is now constantly going through his life, running away, trying to figure out how it is that he can destroy this creation that he's made, but then also realizing he can no longer age and die. Any illness that he gets is cured almost instantly.
0: And he uh, has... I
1: have an immortality. What's up?
0: Why... Am I reminded of code name kids next door when we say father?
2: Bruh. Yes.
1: (laughs) Father. (laughs) All right. So pretty much in the whole story winds up coming to play. Add an L. Add an L. Add. Al. And Ed. Oh, my gosh. I'm getting stumped, jumbled up. We running a long time anyway, but. Al and Ed winds up, they, they wind up discovering what it truly means to make a philosopher's stone. When they realize this, they abandon all belief, all hope in understanding that they cannot do this anymore. They can't, they they can't do this. It's going to wind up costing them, but unfortunately they can't, they, they can't do this because it literally means that they have to kill thousands of people in order to make this one stone and bring themselves back. But it really just becomes that moment. We we made the mess up. We made the fuck up. We made the mistake. We we can't just do it. So now instead of creating a philosopher stone, they're now hunting down philosopher stones that already exist. However, these philosopher stones also have living bodies. Congratulations, we now have met our humunculus gang: pride, lust, greed, sloth, envy, gluttony, and wrath. <clears throat> And go figure, one of them winds up being sure King Bradley. <laughs> Imagine that—the dude that was in charge of everybody winds up being, "Oh, I'm a homunculus too, and I'm gonna kill all of you!" Happy, 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 Blaze, Blaze, Blaze. God, <clears throat> but uh, as we're running a long time, I want to go ahead and get a chance to talk about some of my favorite moments. I want to talk about my favorite moments. I want to let you talk about your favorite moments. So mine is not—I don't have a lot. I got like three favorite moments in one moment, which apparently people still keep making jokes about, but it's completely fucked up. So <laughs> uh, you already know.
0: What okay. Yeah. And,
2: yeah.
1: <clears throat> favorite moments. My favorite moment that we have. First thing for me is the beginning when Ed and Al um, are first moving through their first town from when they got their very first job as state alchemist to kind of go through. And they wind up finding out that this dude has a false Philosopher's so Stone. That whole the, the whole first episode, I love it because it's a great introduction into the anime. We have a great fight sequence. We have an understanding where we finally get to see we get to see people doing alchemy without a transmutation circle, where it was believed and it was like, "How are you able to do this? You need a transmutation circle." And then you know, I pops Ed and it's like, "The <laughs> transmutation circles are for weak people. I know what to do." <laughs> and this dude just starts. Clapping his head like the the famous clap, clap, boom. They just whatever you want to do, clap your hands together, clap. Mm. Everybody, clap your hands, clap, 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 clap. clap. Anyway, <laughs> 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 I promise you, as many claps that are inside this whole anime series, not not like the regular and full Malcolm's brotherhood. I promise you, bro, it is literally. You can make the whole song with that is that there's that many claps, but anyway <laughs> um again and then we finally my second favorite moment <clears throat> is uh we have it's like much later on to the series alphon like Edward is badly beaten up, he's about to lose, and Alphonse demonstrates his true power. It's one of those moments where it felt like a Dragon Ball Z reference in a sense <laughs> where it's like they <laughs> like put it this way. You know how Gohan is definitely much more powerful than his than Goku and Vegeta is, but throughout the whole series, we only focus on Goku and Vegeta and stuff. But then you finally realize, oh no, wait! Gohan is actually significantly more powerful than they are. Um, this is that moment of understanding that Ed admitted the fact that Alphonse actually is significantly stronger than he is. <laughs> Alphonse has significantly much has much more imagination. Because he's still young, like even though they both grow up, because Al's spirit is the way it is, he may mature, but because he doesn't have his body, he he doesn't have a brain to retain all his maturity levels. He doesn't have that brain. He only just has his spirit. So the situation becomes where we only have, you know, he he's still a kid in a sense, but he's a mature kid that you want to talking to. Him. So it, you wound up having this moment of you have all the maturity of an adult, but you still have the imagination of a child. Alphonse was able to truly demonstrate this dude can do anything. I want to make a dragon out of rock. I can do that. I want to make <laughs> want to make a dragon out of bricks or make a, just a giant transmutation um, lion and send that shit after you. I can do that. Um, versus when Ed is mostly fighting, you always see him, like, just make his auto-mill a blade, and he goes physical. Al is, like, the perfect, like, dark mage. <laughs> this dude can summon anything. <laughs> he can summon damn near anything. He can make the bird, or whatever. And I love, I say that moment, but it's moments for me, like, when Alphonse is really demonstrating his ability, it is damn near limitless. This dude can do anything. And it's one of the moments that you're like, I love Ed, but Al, to me, is my favorite brother. Like, straight up li- just in that argument, he's my favorite brother because he cl- clearly is significantly stronger than his older brother. <clears throat> and
0: hey, never forget, I can 3D print uh, on Elric's armor, so. Mm, that's true. Hit me up.
1: And then, um, my favorite character, Roy the Discord, by the way, Just, you know, just oh, hit me up in the yeah. Discord, Definitely, we're going to have a Discord link attached to this video. And my favorite um, character, which also is my all-time favorite moment, Roy Mustang is my favorite character.
2: Okay? I don't
1: know what it is about the Flame Alchemist. I think it's just his cool demeanor, whatever the case may be. But my favorite moment is going to be the snaps of hell. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) I'll put it this way. This dude was snapping, bro. Like, he was, he was fucking snapping, wasn't he?
0: <laughs> yes. Okay, so. <laughs> he was The So, Lutz, so Luth right? She was about to kill, uh, Lisa Hawkeye, uh, and Alphonse, and basically, Alphonse was trying to uh save Hawkeye from getting killed and Hawkeye was like, No, you gotta run, Alphonse, like, No, I won't run. I won't I'm got I'm so tired of all my friends dying, I won't leave you. And Mustang showed up, was like, you know what, Alphonse, that was the perfect um statement. I appreciate that. So just, you know, that's when um Alphonse like gut instinct. All right, let me put up a wall because shit's about to get crazy. And Mustang shows up with his, um, lighter and, you know, he did get, get, uh, damaged a little bit in his light like, side, but he kind of cauterized a wound and he mentioned how it was very painful for him that he almost passed out, but he's fine. Like he got up and, He showed up just in time to use his lighter and carved a transportation circle on his hand to essentially snap multiple. (laughs) Most slaves. You will ever see in anything, bro. The way she was burning and shit, it was like um, she was she was looking just like on Trisha when they was um try to get her revived. But it was yes. like she was just burning up and all that shit. And you can see the philosopher's stone trying to burn up because that was really what he was doing. He was trying to deplete the power of her philosopher's stone to weaken her. And he uh, got to a point where she got so pissed off that she decided to launch an attack at him. But he did it one more time and then. And next thing you know, there's this whole standoff and she even mentions how, oh, I love that look in the eyes. So cold and emotionless and all that shit. And you know, she had some shit to say before she died, but you know, she ultimately died. But that was one of the best moments ever. Uh, I will counter that moment with one of my own. Okay. It's promise to Al. When he, yes. See, when uh Ed, he got to see two gates of untruth and he saw Al's body and it was like all uh, malnourished and shit and he wanted to bring Al with him but Al can only go back with his own soul so he can't leave with Edward even if he wanted to so these shadow hands try to grab uh ed and drag him back on behind the gates of truth but then ed punched the door open and he was like al i promise you i'm gonna come back for you and then you see him pointing at al with uh, with the eyes and the hand and visually that looks it just gave me chills like yeah you believe me he means what he says. <laughs> he means what he said when he said that. I was like, oh shit, that game. And the way the ending theme song on came in, like, meshed in that moment to where it just gave me that extra emotional appeal to it. Ooh. I'm telling you.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's. Bro, that, that, that's like the end of the series, too, man. I'm talking about, like,. <clears throat> No, father's death was also very satisfying. <clears throat> very satisfying. Um, when you finally but but you know, it's one of the things to understand about it too, he exhausted his own power. So that's one of the things about it. When you really understand about the how that fight went as well, they didn't necessarily beat Father. Father exhausted himself, is <laughs> what the problem was. He and and that's where a lot of people I've actually seen this on Reddit and Crawl as well. A lot of people
0: argued about it. Uh-huh. He's one of those villains that only lost because of plot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like him and Madara. Him and Madara. Like straight up. <laughs> the only two people that lost because of plot. Like realistically. Because and you it guess it can make sense when you understand how all the other homunculi have wound up losing as well, too, when they all died, is because of the fact that they kept using their philosopher's stone so much. And even though it's like great it can grant you immortality it has a limitation if you're overusing it if you rarely use this philosopher's stone which is one of the, the biggest again plot points in the show the point of the philosopher's stone is immortality absolute power and then you immediately say at the very end oh it doesn't have absolute power if you keep using it <laughs> that's not absolute power then What in the world, bro? <laughs> wait a minute <clears throat> You know what? Honestly, the true uh, my favorite Philosopher's Stone that's not in Fullmetal Alchemist. This is this is the very funny. Is Alucard from Helsing? Because <laughs> <laughs> think about it this way: the Philosopher's Stone, the Fullmetal Alchemist, plays the exact same way that Alucard's powers work in Helsing as well. So, <clears throat> just kind of a quick jump: Helsing and, and Alucard. His power and ability is the fact that he gains a life for every life that he takes (laughs) like literally when he kills people because even if he kills you like even if you're like already dead if he drinks your blood he technically has gained another life that's that's literally how it works he doesn't have to like drain you of your blood while you're still alive or something like that he doesn't have to he can kill you and then drink your blood and still gain a life so every time he kills someone he gains a life Every single time. And he's been killing people for
0: centuries. <laughs> like, this is going to be a Halloween episode, by the way, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we definitely got, we're definitely going to be talking about it. So it's, it's understanding the aspect. And so they wound up, someone wound up realizing this. And they said, so the way we have to get him to, to kill him is to make him get rid of all of his lives, which is actually an ultimate attack by him which we'll talk about, we'll review it, but he can expel all of his lives into like an army. And then once he does that, he will um he will have only one life left inside of his normal body, but his normal body is still ultra powerful. He's still a vampire, so he still has super speed, super strength and all that stuff. But if you manage to kill that that body, you will actually kill him, <clears throat> essentially. And that's the same way it works out for Philosopher's Stone as well, too. Every time that you have to use the Philosopher's Stone, remember it takes like a thousand lives minimum to make a philosopher stone. Um, Father's Philosopher's Stone, because of how he's built it, he like he ate all of the other homunculized philosopher's stones, so he added all of them to them as well, too. Tim to as well, too. Every time he kept taking an attack, it was a lethal hit. They they made sure that every attack they did to him was supposed to kill him. <clears throat> but he kept healing himself, so every time he healed himself, he was using the philosopher's stone. So that means he could only heal himself so many times before finally, that's it. But finally, that's that's the end of it. That is gone. That is done, and that's what wound up it being the exhaustion of his powers. So it, it makes sense, but again, it was plot. Because let's also be honest, even with all the attacks that they did to him, that still paled into the number of how many lives he had for all the Philosopher's Stones he had in his body. It didn't quite make sense. <laughs> let's just be honest. It was plot. Because then all of yeah. a sudden, Greek coming back out again, like, huh, oh, I'm Android 18 popping out of cell that somehow or another I was not fully digested.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was plot. <laughs> it was plot. Greed should have been fully digested. His philosopher's stone should have been fully digested. To say it wasn't it's plot. That's just what it was. So I'll just be realistic on it. <laughs> but um uh that that's and well, I don't even want to talk about it. I'm tired of these memes. I'm tired of these doggone memes, man. Leave my girl and my dog alone. I'm tired. Yeah. I am tired. I don't care. This has been years this anime is so old. <clears throat> but that scene will never, ever not hurt. It will never yeah. not hurt.
0: Is at this point that some people use that as just to be trolls because you know they just can't let some things die.
1: <sighs> this is true. <clears throat> it, it it never not hurts, man. Like just just stop. Just just stop. As a father, that no. No. Man deserved a thousand deaths. I would give him Philosopher's Stone specifically just to kill him over and over and over again. <laughs> that's that's how much he deserves it, like for real. But like, no, he he deserves well, over a thousand. It's
0: like To answer no. my question, I was gonna ask you, <laughs> hey, uh if you ever had a Philosopher's Stone, uh would you <laughs> use it? And if yes, what application would you use it? And yes. I was like, Well, good. <laughs> Use it on
1: myself? No. I don't want immortality. I'm going to be honest. I don't. I do not want it whatsoever. I I can never imagine that moment of just seeing everyone I love die and then knowing that I'm just, and see that happen over and over and over again. Like, that's a,
0: that's
1: a really tough It's thing like to you
0: can get uh, desensitized by life itself to the point where it's like you don't really even want to form for a relationship with people because, you know, you're just going to outlive them anyways. <laughs>
1: I'll be honest with you. If I had mortality, I would become the world's worst villain. (laughs) Like, like like straight up, because if I can't find a way to kill my, if I can't find a way to kill me, I'm going to make you find a way to kill me. That's what's going to (laughs) happen. Like, for real, I just can't do it.
0: (laughs) I was like, please, put me out of my misery. (laughs) misery I
1: just. But I'm not gonna go through um a scientific I'm not gonna go through like I promise you, if I wound up going through like the military and go through science experiments, no. I would definitely become a villain. There's not even a question on that. <laughs> I would destroy <laughs> every single government in existence. So it's not no. I'm not saying I specifically will for people listening, so don't go and report me, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Government experimentations do. <clears throat> all right. But that's all the time that I have. Go ahead and um Go ahead and get, get rolling through this one. Cause this, this, I love, I love this one. I love, I alchemists Alchemist. It's always great. Um, I guess the only thing I would have wanted to talk about more is Scar in his story. Um, he's, he, he's really, really crucial character in the show. Um, especially when yeah, he, he embodies the anti alchemy, whereas everyone else's transmutation circles will break down matter and reconstruct it. His only breaks down and that's it. He purposely has uh, an imperfect transmutation circle tattooed on his arm. <clears throat> his own thing is he embodies specifically the destructive powers of alchemy, not the rebuilding of it. So alchemy, if used properly, you can yes, it breaks down matter, but you can rebuild it. You know, it's about creating a new. It's about recycling. Recycling is alchemy too, in case y'all didn't know. But. <laughs> <it's> about- <laughs> Hey, if you go to the store and you buy yourself a Coke bottle and that Coke bottle says this is made from 100% recycled material, congratulations. You're drinking alchemy from an alchemy bottle because Coca Cola is also made from alchemy, too. Um, but you're drinking alchemy in an alchemy bottle. Congratulations. Woo-hoo.
0: Everything is alchemy. Oh my God. Everything is so surreal.
1: For real, though, like on surrealness. But yeah. Um, <laughs> But his he, he embodies just the destructive powers of it, because that's what he suffered. that's what all his people suffered. His violence was a, a really important point of understanding that they lived their lives outside of alchemy. They lived their lives very differently without i mean they still did in a sense they still did alchemy, regardless, it was just different. They didn't participate in the heavy amounts of science of breakdown and reconstruction. they lived in the simple form of let just normally live like just to normally live off the land. <clears throat> But because they refused to conform to governmental to, to the governmentals rule, it wound up causing them to literally be genocided, which was literally just horrible in itself. And so, as much as you would probably look at Scar as some people look at Scar as a villain, he, he's also he's more so in a sense an anti-hero. Yeah. So, I mean, he he ran into Ed and Al. And he didn't kill them. He didn't try to kill them. He he understood who they were. And he was like, you know what? You're not one of the bad alchemists that I've met. So I'm not going to try to kill you. <laughs> and then he just moved on. With life. <laughs> I'm just saying like that, <laughs> that in itself puts me in an answer here in my book. <laughs> All right. If that is my time. Do you have anything? I, I, I realize I know I took quite a bit on this one. <laughs>
0: Nah, it's all good. Uh, essentially, we're going to have Callie Haikaishin jump on uh, another segment of this review. So we're going to, pr- I'm going to pretty much save some energy for that. Uh, other than that, Kogasu, I do appreciate you being on with me with this review. I uh, hope you have a great day. And to the ladies and gentlemen listening, I'm glad that you listened to the reviews, um, all the way to this point. Uh, with that being said, y'all stay nerdy, my friends. Uh, great things are coming. And with that being said, uh, we're gonna go into intermission. So give some time.
1: So until then, I am zoning out, and <laughs> I'll see y'all next time.
0: <laughs> All righty, take it easy, bro. All right, bye. Hello, hello. It's Jed stream, and we're back with the second part of the Full Metal Alchemist review. This time, I have my friend Callie Haikaisen on. How are you doing today?
3: I'm doing all right. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, thank you for being on. And without further ado, let's go ahead and zone in on this one. Uh, like I was saying with Kofi Gatsu, uh, with Full Metal Alchemist, it's one of the shows where it' gonna be one of the greatest anime that's ever been released because the way they try to do the story and all these memorable characters, it was just awesome. Like, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and get through the plot. Like, I know we tried to do it in part one, but let's just get further into it so some of you can keep up with what we're gonna be talking about. And, yeah, gonna have to backtrack from what we're talking about part one, but again, just to make sure everybody's up to speed. So, we have the brothers, Edward and Alphonse Eric, living in Resinville with their mother, Tricia, and the uh, father, Van Holtenheim, But Van left for a reason that's going to be explained later on. Trisha ends up dying from an illness, and after finishing their alchemy uh, training under Easamy Curtis, the Edward brothers attempt to bring their mother back with alchemy, but the transmutation backfires, and Edward ends up losing his left leg while Alphonse loses his body. Edward tries to sacrifice his right arm to retrieve Alphonse's soul, Bond gets to a suit of armor, and Edward is invited by Roy Mustang to become a state alchemist to research a way to restore the bodies. While Edward undergoes a painful medical procedure which grants him prosthetic automail limbs, uh, Edward becomes a state alchemist with the title of full metal alchemist, which is going to be a running gag because you know how when. They see the Elwer brothers and assume Alphonse is the full metal alphabet because of the suit of armor, but then they get corrected and it's like, oh no, it's right there. And he's like, this pits week here. And, uh, the Elwer's end up spending the next three years searching for the Philosopher's Stone to achieve their goals. Now, Kelly, I mentioned this to Kokiyasu too, but I'm going to uh, ask you the same thing to where. With Full Metal Alchemist, specifically Brotherhood, it does make us question the value of leaning only on one particular school of thought, like science, and not practicing a code of moral fiber. So, I ask you, uh, is it, do you think it's dangerous to put scientific knowledge over all else, and do you believe that the ends of scientific discovery and seeking truth justify the means?
3: Um, I think with something like that you have to be really careful about it. Um because if if I'm allowed to talk a little bit, I guess, about religion, when people put like religion and everything like that above all else, it puts it complicates things. And I feel like sci of trying to keep science above all things is like the tried and true is Is kind of dangerous in that way as well. And so I feel like it's something you have to approach really, really carefully um, and just make sure you're not, um, I don't know, overstepping any bounds because when you put science as the end all be all and the ends justifies the means, it's not, uh, I mean, that's how you get into people doing things that are, Unethical and immoral, and I mean, if if the listeners are used to the you know Shao Tucker with Nina and everything mm. like that, I wasn't sure if you all have already talked about that part. But I feel like that's an it, that's a that's another reason why where people start to try to blur the line between moral and like um, morality and like scientific discovery. I mean, there's stuff like that in the real world too, where there's the um, Philip Zimbardo um, experiment, I believe. And they were trying to figure out if, like, somebody being put into a like position of authority. Uh, it was like these random men were in charge of a prison. So, one some people were the guards, and other people were like the criminals in the um in the prison as well. And so, people learned that if you're putting into a position of authority, people will start to exceed the bounds. And that's one of the things now. Uh, experiments like that cannot um, are not allowed anymore. But unfortunately, that's something. Usually within the scientific community, especially with like psychological experiments, nothing like that gets banned until it happens first and then they realize just how awful it is. So something something like the ends justifying the means with um, science or anything of that, any particular school of thought, I believe is really dangerous. You have to kind of take it with a grain of salt and be really careful.
0: Right. And what I like about the Elric brothers is that their whole thing was they did not believe in putting all their eggs in one basket. So they didn't fully believe in the faiths that some of the uh, other folks would have, you know, like whether what God you serve and whatnot. They didn't really believe in God, but at the same time, they didn't believe that science was also the end-all be-all. But at the end of the series, They try to find their own way, their own truth, and to collect all knowledge there is in the world. So that way they can come closer to a better ideal. And another example of people who kind of plays both sides in a very interesting way is Scar to where he justifies his revenge on the state alchemist, uh, from the Ishbalan uh, Civil War by, you know, representing his god. And he even used an incomplete, uh, um, transmutation circle to destroy, uh, alchemy instead of destroy and recreate. So the whole point of Full Mount Alchemist is to where you have to draw a line somewhere and the advancement of society. And the point is to where whether if you believe that science can advance society or if faith can advance society, I think it's a matter of you have to look at the evolution of humanity and multiple schools of thought. So in other words, you have to value science and faith, on equal levels of methods to the ends so it's like yes I would say we should invest more into science but also to make sure that we're not like playing God by making like the homunculi and all these other creatures that you see in this show like with the old Shao Tucker thing where people just made memes out of this to death and I'm like Uh, you know, it was kind of funny at first, but 10 years later, it it gets so tired out, bro. Like, get some new material because we, at this point, come on, y'all. Y'all know it was fucked up, man. (laughs) But, moving on with this. Uh, so the Elrics bought Scar. They. Definitely got, um, beat up and Edward had to go back to Resin Bowl to see Winry to get his, uh, limb repaired. That's when they meet Dark Marco, who provides them with the clues to learn about the philosopher stone that was created from human souls. They investigate this laboratory where the stones were created, but they were hindered by the homunculi. The Elrics did decide to visit, uh, easily their teacher in hoping to improve the alchemy. Meanwhile, uh, Colonel Mustang's friend, May Hughes, continues the Elric's research and finds out that about a government conspiracy, but he was ultimately killed by the homunculus Envy. The Elric's did learn that Izumi also performed human transmutation and having attempted to use alchemy to revive their stillborn child. Alphonse is then after captured by the homunculus Greed but is rescued by the Amestris leader, King Bradley. Bradley is revealed to be the Homunculus Wrath and brings the uh, captured Greed to the Homunculi's creator, Father. And that's when Greed refused to join the his fellow Homunculi. He is reabsorbed by Father. Now, <clears throat> putting that on that note, uh Callie, what are your opinions on Father and each of the seven deadly Homunculi? Uh, Koki guys who like to call them seven deadly but you know what they are.
3: Yeah. Um. Well, I thought it was really interesting because I mean, I don't know how familiar some people are with it. There's the, Babel Alchemist, um, the original series that came out a long time ago. Well, I say yes. a long time ago, maybe about you know fifteen, seventeen years ago now. Um, yeah. And and then they revamped it with Brotherhood to actually follow along with the um with the actual um like the manga and everything like that and have it follow everything. So for the longest time I had a very skewed um I guess not representation, a very skewed idea of like what the homunculus were at first. Because I mean in the very first series they had I think um who was it? I think the the um the mom Trisha Was supposed to be sloth or something like that, and it's entirely different um, within the brotherhood um, within the brotherhood anime. But I don't know. I've (sighs) but the father character is just so OP, and so I feel like once he, you know, when he got all the power that could possibly be gotten, of course it was going to fish uh, a eventually corrupt him so it was almost like a just desserts and everything but i feel like if i remember correctly um he caused so much damage and um so father was just way too op i feel like he was like a necessary evil as well because it showed i feel like it kind of shows the viewer that this is what can happen if you rely too much on science as well like the or I, i should say the science of alchemy at least mm-hmm. um and take everything and do whatever you can even if it means like costing human lives and everything like that to discover true knowledge everything that's out there that kind of thing to look beyond the gate um so he's basically a representation of that wrath uh the Fuhrer king bradley that, that was a that was a surprise to me and then figuring out that his son was Pride and everything everything was more connected in the second series from Brotherhood than it was in the first one. So right. it was it was insane looking at like all the different dispositions. But if I had to choose probably my favorite um my favorite homunculus, it's probably Envy because <laughs> I've always liked I've always liked his character design because it's very androgynous. Because yeah. I mean, they, they they look they they look very feminine like, but they're still very masculine. Because I mean, they have like, you know, a flat chest and everything, and then the fact that they're, um, you know, their powers like, uh, transformation and shift shape shifting and stuff like that is just really cool. So I've always had a really uh, big soft spot for for indie. Um Lust was way too into herself, I think, and and brotherhood. And that's probably one of the most satisfying fights is where, you know, they're trying to do the best that they can. They're like, well, these two nonculus, they just keep regenerating, and they're so, like, you can't really kill them. And then so when uh, Colonel Mustang just keeps, like, snapping his fingers and just sending them <laughs> on fire over and over again, I'm like, this is so cool. I think I remember the first time I watched it, I had, like, goosebumps and he's she's like this isn't gonna do anything to me and he's like i don't care i'm gonna keep going and i'm gonna keep lighting you on fire because i think he just kept uh doing it right up until the only thing that was left to her was the um philosopher's stone that was right there in her chest if i remember right and right i don't know i liked i liked greed as well when he was in his original form and then when he became a part of ling yeah because i've always I don't know. There's a soft spot that I have for Ling, but it's probably just because he's voiced by Johnny Young Bosch. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, I can kind of take or leave Gluttony, personally. I mean, he does what he does. He eats until he gets way too full and blah, blah, blah. Sloth is very kind of meh to me as well. So, like mm-hmm. I said, Envy, envy, Lust and um, Wrath as Fury King Bradley, they're probably like my three favorite ones, but that's probably what everybody says. But that that's my take on them. I know that's not not much, but I love okay. that. That's probably, that's one of my favorite scenes ever. He's just continuously lighting her on fire. I think I remember yeah. counting how how many times he snapped his fingers and stuff, and it was just pure rage. The look on his face, like the animation style of how fierce his eyebrows looked. It was so, so fucking cool. So cool.
0: It was real funny because we were... Uh Kokugatsu and I were talking about that team too. So it just goes to show that with Full Metal Alchemist, there are just moments in this anime that is just timeless. Like, I was telling Kokugatsu that one of my favorite moments of all time in that anime was Ed's promise to Al when you see the two gates of truth and you see Al's body there and Ed wanted Al to come back with him. But Al told him, like, I can only leave with my own soul, so I can't leave even if I wanted to. So the shadow hands was dragging and back to the reality. But with a last desperation, he opened the um, gates of truth open and promised Al that he's going to come back from while he was like pointing his finger at him. And you can kind of see his eyes uh-uh, kind of like glaring through the darkness while his uh, finger was pointing in such great detail, by the way, and it's almost like the production value they put into that one scene right there, just it just gave me chills every fucking time I see that. So, yeah. Um, another question I have for E-Kally, uh A same question I have with Kokugatsi. If you happen to have a pull-off stone in your possession, would you use it? And if yes, what application would you use it for?
3: Um, that's who? <laughs> the, the, that's a stumper, huh? Yeah, I don't think I've ever pondered anything like that. I think the main thing, even though it's against like, well, it's against the the ethics of human transmutation i would i would probably try to bring back my grandparents and try to talk to them one more time or even try to bring back some of my um some of my um some of my family's pets and stuff like that that have passed away when i was younger just to see them and talk to them again even if it was for like a little bit of time i guess i I would kind of use it as like um well, this is an entirely different series. And Harry Potter's like the resurrection stone where he was able to see everybody once again. I would kind of probably use it in that way. I probably wouldn't do anything for like greed or try to go and steal anything. Like, I don't even know. Maybe, maybe I'd like build myself like the ideal house, but I have very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I have very modest dreams. I just want to talk to people who have passed. Bring back my dead dog <laughs> and it's <laughs> build my dream house and then they can take the philosopher's stone back. That's all I need, honestly. So like I said, I don't know if other I don't know if Kokasu had a different um had a different wish or anything like that, but that's what Bruh. I would do. Like I said, it's it's really modest, but it's whatever it's what I want.
0: <laughs> Bruh. I think the only wish you would have for the Philosopher Stone was I think he just used it to kill Shout Tucker just because because you know how um, messed up what he did was um, using his own daughter and his um dog to make that chimera
3: <laughs> yeah I mean that is the um I mean that is the meme that's if anybody has even if nobody has ever seen Fullmetal Alchemist and they know nothing about it they've seen the freaking edward meme and stuff like that and it's it's everywhere i feel like that's the one long-lasting thing everybody has taken from female alchemist it's all like a one big traumatic memory we've all had together
0: (laughs) yeah but hey uh kelly if you're interested we we are doing the Harry Potter extreme review. Uh, we already did Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets, but maybe in the later ones, if you're interested, you can talk about. Yeah,
3: sure. Uh, that that always makes me laugh too because the um. This is a side note. The American version is the it's the Sorcerer's Stone, but the original is also the Philosopher's Stone because they also talk about Nicholas Nicholas Flamel and stuff. So, that's one of the <laughs> interesting. Parallels between Harry Potter, at least from an Alchemist, is that they're, they're both like the, the same, the same concept. They're both based off of the same thing.
0: See, I tried to make that joke, but when I had Kokugasu and Professor Tuck on the, uh, review on that, they were like, oh, the full Oscar Stone for me. I was like, okay, fine. Well, I thought it was a funny joke just to mention because they did do that. So I was like.
3: <laughs> I think but uh I think that's uh, one of the, the first things that I noticed too when I was watching Harry Potter, like later on, I was like, wait a second. This is the Philosopher's Stone. That's in Full Metal Alchemist, and I think I remember like my brain exploding when I realized that.
0: Whoa. But uh trying to keep the review going. So, after meeting with the Xinji uh Prince I'm sorry Mispronouncing that. <gasps> uh, Ling, who seeks a philosopher's stone to submit his position as heir to his country's throne, the Elrics return to Central City where they learn of Hughes' murder. Uh, RP to May by the way, that was fucked up. And ironically, wasn't it your boy, um, Envy that did that shit? <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah, um, I mean, I'm not saying that I like Envy, like, oh, he's so, he's so sad or anything like that. I mean, he's, I mean, he's a fucking asshole.
2: (laughs) He's just my favorite,
3: he's just my favorite homunculus. I cry every (laughs) single time I see the Mace Hughes death every single time, because I'm like, he's being betrayed because he thinks it's Lieutenant Ross, and then it's not, and then Envy's like, okay, yeah, we had to shut you up, and then, um, (laughs) well, you know, when Mace Hughes died, and then... His uh, his daughter, little Alicia, is like, Mommy, why are they putting him in the ground? And I'm just having tears blowing down my eyes and stuff because she doesn't understand. And I'm like, this is awful. So I try to skip that episode whenever I can, but I mean, if I feel like crying, I'll watch that part.
0: <laughs> I feel like the way they portrayed it, especially up to the uh, funeral, where it was like the first time you ever see uh, Mustang cry, and it was almost like, oh, it seems to, um, it started to rain and I was like, it's not raining. I was like, oh, that's just me crying. <laughs> Lord. But anyways, uh, Lieutenant Maria Ross is framed for Hughes murder. So Mustang fakes Ross's death and smugglers her out of the country. And encounters with the homunculi. Mustang kills Lust, the moment that we were mentioning earlier. Uh, Lynn captures Gluttony, who swallows Lynn, Edward, and Envy into his void like stomach. And honestly, I kind of like Gluttony because you were like, hey, can I eat him now? And I was like, bro, like he's a straight up cannibal. But, you know, it kind of makes sense for Gluttony, uh, you know, as a homunculi, just, you know, being a cannibalistic monster. But anyways, they were in this void-like stomach and he looked like fucking ugly with the uh, transformed state, you know, with the teeth and the eyes. They're like, oh, uh, just something straight up a horror film. Uh, they escape from Gluttony's stomach after he takes Alphonse to meet Father, who makes Lynn the vessel greed uh Mustang tries to expose Bradley to the government but finds that the higher officials are complicit to Father's plans. That's when the Elrics and Mustang are released but are warned not to oppose Father, who seeks to use them as human sacrifices. Uh meanwhile, Scar heads north with the uh, Zingis um Princess Mei Chang, uh fired corporal uh virtual Yoki and the kidnapped Darkham marco and uh that's when the Elrics head north as well and reach fort briggs which is commanded by boss bitch general olivier armstrong i like her character i really do because you know like she was the uh older sister to uh armstrong you know armstrong uh They confront the homunculus sloth and learns that father found a message to amass enough population to create a massive philosopher stone. With it, he can achieve godhood by absorbing the being beyond the gate of truth on the promised day. Forced to work on with uh Soy Kimbley, who is this murderous former state alchemist, the blood alchemist, and ally of the homunculi. The Elrics turn on him and end up splitting up and they're joined by a reform scar, his group, Kimbley's Chimera subordinates, and then later uh Lynn slash greed. Uh Hawkeye discovers that King Bradley's son, Selene, is the homunculus pry, but the thing is in the two thousand three version Bradley was pride while the lost child of Izumi, with Ed's missing limbs was wrath in the two two thousand three version. Uh that was kinda interesting, but you know, I just thought to throw that in. Uh we also see and find out that Holtenheim reveals that he is an immortal when Father arranged the follow of uh, four centuries ago and had been working since then to stop father, so it's almost like, bro, like codenheim been alive for like at least four centuries, decided to have a wife and kids and all this happened all of a sudden, Uh, it's wild to me Uh, the promised days arrive with father planning to use an eclipse and human sacrifices which is alchemist's who have performed human transmutation to trigger the transmutation with wrath and pride forcing Mustangs to perform human transmutation to make him a sacrifice. The Elrics and their comrades battle Father's minions with Kimberly and almost all the homunculi dying. However, Father managed to activate the nationwide transmutation circle and absorb the superior being. Uh, Holdenheim and scar activate countermeasures draining much of fathers of your souls rendering him unstable and then the Elrics and their comrades fight father in this final battle where greece sacrifices himself to protect lynn then Alphon with his armor almost destroyed he sacrificed his own soul to restore edward's right arm that Gives Edward, um, the help to defeat Father, who is dragged into the Gate of Truth from which he was created, and he was confronted by the truth or God, or whatever you want to call it. Edward goes back to the, um, Gates of Truth, and in order to get Alphonse's body back, he sacrifices his ability to perform alchemy, and he gave the truth the perfect answer to where essentially he was uh, seeking truth out of arrogance so really uh he came to terms that he was always a normal person to begin with, it's just that he just wanted to know the truth and he would gladly give up m- being able to use alchemy just to get his brother back so truth is like, okay deal so Alphonse is restored Lin receives a philosopher's stone Holtenheim goes to Trisha's grave one last time, where he dies there peacefully. The Elrics return home, but separate two years later to research alchemy further, and then years after that, Edward and Winry get married and have two children. The end. So, Callan, once again, uh, how do you feel about Full Model Alchemist and Total?
3: Um, Fullmetal Alchemist was another one of those, um, kind of, like, trademark, one of the big anime for me back then. Like, it wasn't, like, you know, the top three, like, the big three way back when were, you know, One Piece, Naruto, and Bleach, I would say, during during around that time. But Fullmetal Alchemist is an anime that I feel like has, like, a really has a really big soft spot in my heart anyway, because it's one of the animes besides um, Inuyasha that I watched with my mom. And so it's something that we would watch every single Saturday when a new episode would come out. And my mom and I love the Ready Steady Go song from the first anime and everything. Um, so Fuma Alchemist is another one of those, I guess, like nostalgic anime um, for me. And while I did I do have a soft spot for the original one Brotherhood mm-hmm. since it stays true to the to the manga I I feel like it's a lot better anyway and plus you can tell the difference between um I I can't remember at the time but they're the same studio but they like made them look a little bit older like the the lines are so much more sharp and everything in Brotherhood and so mm-hmm. it has a I don't know it's I love Fulma Alchemist and all the characters and everything, and I thought it was really cute right at the end where, you know, Edward proposed to uh, Winry in his little alchemist way. He's like, equivalent exchange, I'll give you half of my life if you give me half of yours. And it took her a second to realize what he was saying. And she's like, well, yeah, of course I say yeah. She goes, oh, and he's like, okay, yeah, great. Um, so that was one of the cutest things is, uh, I don't know. I know a lot of people shipped Winry and Al, but I'm like, that's a little brother. And, you know, Edward likes Winry. So why wouldn't he be with Winry? But everything ended up works, uh, ends up working out anything. And I don't know. I feel sorry for Edward for having to, um, give up his alchemy but it does show that his the his brother being able to have his brother there in his soul and his body and everything like that was much more important to him so right. probably fullmetal alchemist is probably like in my top 10 favorite anime of like ever if i had to if i had to put it in that way i don't know where in that scale or in that in the ranking but definitely my top 10 like favorite anime period
0: I feel that, uh, I will debate if it hits my top 10 somewhere in the future. Like it's definitely up there, like one of my favorite of all time. But, uh, as far as like ranking, I don't know about that just yet. But as far as rating, uh, let's finish off this review with a rating of mine. Honestly, y'all, what can I say? This is going to be the first review. To where, whether you think it's biased or not, this would be the first review where I have to say that I give Full Metal Alchemist five out of five stars. Like, I know with some of the other ones, it would maybe like 3.5 or maybe four, but this one is a solid five to me because here's why. From beginning to end, Full Metal Alchemist have a truly enticing story about faith morality and the potential of science to where you militarize these people and you use them as weapons and then ultimately my father used them as a means to become God and it just throws a lot of things into question like how science and religion or faith has been intertwined in such a beautiful way. They have this strong lineup of characters that offer something to the story, from the Elrics to the Rock the State Alchemist, the Homunculi, even the side characters like Rose and Dr. Marco, some, some, some kind of purpose, excuse me. Uh, visually, fairly easy on the eyes. Brotherhood had a great fight scene, like with Mustang and, uh, Lust with, uh, King Bradley with his uh, sword fighting as promised to Alphonse, like I said, behind the gate of truth. And on an audio scale, they had great bangers for the opening and ending themes. The background music and sound effects captured the tones of the scenes perfectly. Awesome work by the voice actors and bonus star because between characters like shout Tucker, and lust may Hughes, king bradley scar and others full metal alchemist and brotherhood became a series that transcended beyond its time i feel as though full metal alchemist will definitely go down in history as one anime's greatest raised in the industry so that's why it can be saved to where uh Full Mount Alchemist came out in 2003 and then Brotherhood was like 2008 and it's still critically acclaimed after almost damn near 20 years. So what can be said? Like five out of five. I loved it. (laughs) Uh And to wrap up this review, uh, Callie, do you have any final thoughts on Fullmetal Alchemist?
3: Um, I guess all I have to say is, if you guys have never checked out either versions of the anime, go ahead and check it out and tell us what you think if you can. Um, like I said, Fullmetal Alchemist is my top ten, and uh. Jet Black gave it a five out of five. So it's definitely something you'll pull something from the anime, even if you think you might not. And as always, just uh, check out the rest of our um, the rest of our podcast episodes and just keep up with us. All right.
0: All right. All right. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, keep in mind that those are entertainment is on Facebook and Instagram. And just another reminder, we do have the Discord link uh, that's going to be attached to um, this episode. Uh, I do a whole lot of 3D printing. I even have the Alphonse Edward uh, suit of armor that you can get 3D printed on um, by me. Just help me fund it by Jump into the Discord. We're trying to do a Patreon type thing in the Discord, but we gotta reach 500 members and we're getting really close. Uh, 86, in fact, we need 86 more people in and then we can really make things happen, like make watch parties, uh, where we can stream shit like. Full metal alchemists, uh, monthly raffles and giveaways on some of the stuff that we make, uh, art contests, uh, fight club tournaments, you know, with Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter and Multiverses, uh, Smash Brothers, uh, monthly loot boxes to where, you know, with the whole Patreon thing, we put a whole bunch of 3D prints and other stuff that some of our uh, creative team can make, and you get that every month. And that will be profit going towards our bigger projects to kind of help these small time creators, uh, blow up and, you know, have some money in their pocket so they can like survive, you know. But yes, aside from that, that would be all. Thank you for listening to us to the end. Do stay nerdy, my friends, because great things are coming. And we are zoning out.